DJ PK, Tim Lacombe sitting in for Patrick Kinahan. A reminder to listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Knotfest Roadshow. Get ready to rock at the Knotfest Roadshow. Slipknot, Bullbeat, Behemoth, it slams into the Asana Amphitheater August 1st, 2019. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. That's a great song right there. Time now to welcome in Steve Cleveland on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, I don't want to talk NBA free agency with you like we talk with everybody else because I think you either know or you could find out something that I want to know desperately that you will not go public with if you find out. But when I tell you this, I think you want to know it too. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Deep down, as this flurry of free agency just unveils itself on Sunday, Paul George is watching it all go down, and the Lakers so close now to building a super team, right? It feels like it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but it feels like it's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard going to the Lakers and joining Anthony Davis and – LeBron James, in his heart of hearts, and you, you've known Paul George a long time, does Paul George believe he missed out, he could have been in L.A. with a super team and winning championships, the Lake Show, his California roots, living the dream, or does he think he would have got caught up in everything else and LeBron would have turned on him and traded him to the Pelicans for A.D.? I will always believe it, that uh, Paul would want to be a Laker. I, I think for the two and a half years I was around him, Kobe Bryant was, you know, he is somebody that he just revered and his idol, and, and he that's all he ever talked about. The circumstances and what that led to him staying with OKC, I mean, Russell Westbrook had a huge influence that they were good friends, and Paul had been in a smaller market. I'm not sure. I've never even talked to Paul about why. But uh, there's got to be a little piece of him thinking to himself, man, it might really be cool to be in a Laker right now. And so, and I'm probably someone, you know, I mean, most people don't want to see, you know, you don't want to see that super team. But I, I personally would love to see Kawhi Leonard become a Laker. Uh, and, and again, being from Southern California, being a, a Laker fan a lot of my life, and, and not that I, have taken any real big sides to professional basketball because you, you're coaching your own teams and you're caught up in that. But we're all kind of Southern California guys, and uh, I have no problem with Kawhi going there. I know there's a balance that we lose, and but we haven't had it for the last five years either with Golden State Warriors. So uh, what, what's wrong with that? And if he happens to show up there, I think it's great. If he doesn't, he ends up a Clipper, then there'll be more parity and a more balanced go west. Uh, Cleve. He can't go to L.A. He can't go to the Lakers. How are you, man? Good. I just, I can't, I just, the Kawhi Leonard, I kind of know from a distance. I just can't imagine he'd go to the Lakers, you know? Like uh, you know I'm, what, I, I honestly, I, I don't either. And you know, you were around Kawhi more than I was, but in the, in the time I was around him, uh, I don't see that either. And uh, we might all get surprised he just decides to stay in Toronto that's kind of that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, they want it, right? Here's a perfect yeah. example. This last last weekend was the country club uh, championship. Last year, as you know, I was C flight. I was a C flight winner. Uh, <laughs> this year, 
<laughs> I decided not to play. I took my ball and went home. It wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, the right thing to do would have been to go back and defend my title. Okay, so uh, I had some ex, uh, extent, exter, extemporaneous, extenuating circumstances, coach. Extenuating circumstances. <laughs> it's it's first and foremost. An I had to look to the endeavor. professional over here. <laughs> It's, um, it's first and foremost an academic endeavor. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> anyway, I just think that's, I mean, that's what all of us would want him to do, right, is go defend his title. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the fact that, that Toronto won that thing with him in that circumstance, in that situation, and I have absolutely no problem with him uh, staying in Toronto. There's so many things that have happened that a year or two from now that the, their league is going to be more balanced than it ever has been. Who could even guess who's going to come out of the West, depending on what ends up happening? But no, you know, I, I think for the game and for the NBA, it's probably best if he doesn't. But go, go to LA. But you know what? Uh, can we say that it wasn't the best thing for the league to have KD and and Clay play together and Steph? I mean, there was an energy and an excitement there that brought great notoriety to the league. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win for a lot of fans. Most fans probably don't want to see him go to the Lakers. Everybody hates the Lakers, and why uh, why help them be better? But uh, I won't be totally disappointed if he goes to the Lakers, but I think it's best for the league if he stays in Toronto. And the second best thing would be to, to find himself a Clipper, and that would make for uh, a great rivalry in L.A. as well. So um, I, I think with what's happening right now, the NBA has never been better. There's more parity. I love the move of... Kyrie and KD going to Brooklyn. You know, you hope you hope that KD gets healthy, um, but there's a balance of power there, and Sixers are, are going to be stronger than ever. And I, I, we should talk a little bit about the Jazz before we finish today, but because they did some special things. But I don't, that, the, the league has never been healthier. They, it's never been better, and uh, it's just great support for the NBA worldwide. The Nuggets are keeping the gang together. They, they bring Paul Millsap back. Internal development, young guys getting better, their first taste of a playoff run. So the two seed's intact. The three seed, Portland's going to get their big man back. Injuries, they were a little shorthand in the playoffs. The four seed, Houston, uh, they promised big things, but right now it looks like it's pretty much status quo there. The fifth seed, Utah, adds a point guard, adds a stretch four who can shoot the three. Uh, and then below that, uh, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, I don't know what you think of them. And we're all waiting to see what happens with Kawhi and the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Raptors. But right now, how do you sort out the top of the West, seeing the moves everybody made? Well, I, I, think, I don't think Denver's going to move that far away. I mean, I think they're really solid. They've got a great system. They've got, they've got their guys back. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, and, and, again, the Lakers are going to be better. Uh, and I, I, but I don't think that even with the two, the two superstars, Everybody's kind of picking them to be at the top. I don't think that's a given, but there will be much more parity at the top. We'll have to wait and see how long it takes for Clay Thompson to come back. Uh, you know, they, they filled in with another guard with Russell. You know, that, that helped them. But I, I think Utah makes a major jump. And I think that uh, you talked a little bit about it. You get Conley and Mitchell together. You know, that's about 45 points a game, seven rebounds, 10 assists. You get a guy that has a veteran that can come in, and that is a great pair of guards. And Bogdanovich, I, I, I haven't been watching it maybe as closely, especially from Utah. Maybe there's been a lot of talk about getting him. But for all intents and purposes, when Oladipo went down, 
uh, you know, he just took over the Pacers and averaged about 20 a game. So to, to create that kind of spacing, that's better for Rudy Gobert. Uh, even the draft picks, this Brantley kid, and uh, who's kind of a 3-and-D guy, and uh, the guard, uh, the right foreman kid, 27 a game from Hostrop, means he can make baskets. And so, and, and you know, hopefully Bradley's gotten better, but I, I just think the Jazz as a whole, the spacing looks different now. They've got, they've got you, like you said, a, a stretch guy that can shoot threes and open the floor. And then you hope that, you know, Ingles and those, a few of those guys that are coming back step up, but... I, I could see the Jazz in the top three easily, and uh, plus they just have the chemistry and they just have that solidarity in the program. That by adding those pieces, something they've been looking for, uh, it just turned out perfect. So I like I like the Jazz in the top three, and uh, and who knows what's going to happen. But uh, I guess we'll find out with Kawhi. If, if Kawhi ends up going to the Clippers, man, that that is going to be a fun West to watch because on any given night, anybody can beat anybody. That's the that's the thing that is is fun. Just sitting back watching everything kind of transpire yesterday was the just the ramifications of what it all means. And it really, with forty percent of the league in free agency, it just like you talk about parity or you know kind of evening things out. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, in terms of the Jazz, I, Coach, I feel the exact same way as you do. I, I feel like they, they made a huge jump. They, they addressed all the needs. And what, by all the needs, needs, I mean all of them. Like they, they got a, another ball handler. They got a veteran guy in Conley, a guy who is, is zero ego. I mean, one of the stats that blew me away about Conley was he's, you know, all the time he's been in the league, he hasn't gotten a technical foul, uh, which is just remarkable. It just talks about what kind of guy he is. Uh, this Ed Davis they picked up yesterday, uh, an article written in CBS Sports December of 18, just talks about he might be the NBA's best teammate. I mean, so you're addressing so many things from a, you know, you, you got to have the right talent, you got to have the right skill level. Uh, but now the chemistry part of it seems to be the thing that's really, really exciting. Um, you think the Jazz can be a Western Conference final team next year, Coach? You know what? I, I do. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think I'd probably take that back if Kawhi ends up going to L.A., the Lakers. And because uh, I, I, don't, I think if, if that happens, then that, unless there's some unforeseen injuries or things, I think you'd have to call them the favorite. But it's wide open. And, and you talked about it. I, I think the thing, too, that we haven't mentioned is how, how, how does this impact with Conley coming in uh, how does that impact Donovan Mitchell? And there's been a lot of pressure on Donovan Mitchell uh, to, to, to handle it, to shoot it, to score it, to do a variety of things. Had to take a lot of contested shots. Uh, and you know what? He's going to have more freedom and more spacing than he's ever had. I don't think we've seen the best of Donovan Mitchell. I think with the spacing that's going to happen, I think with playing with a, a truly one, you know, a, a great guard, it's going to take some pressure off of him. He'll be more relaxed, and I think we're going to see him play at a different level this coming year uh, just as a result of the changes that have been made, the trades that have been made, and the spacing that's going to take place. We know they have a great culture there. We know there's that chemistry already, and, and Conley's going to come in and do nothing but just continue to improve that. So um, I like what this is going to do for Donovan Mitchell. I think we're going to, we're going to see some things from him that uh, – because at the end of games – 
when it was all said and done, guys were packing it in. He's having to force it and shoot through people all the time, making it very difficult. With that kind of spacing, he's going to have the floor to himself and uh, be able to create for himself or create for others. So, And now when he creates for others, he can knock it out to a Bogdanovich who can knock the three down, Angles or others that uh, sometimes maybe haven't been as consistent. I, I like the move, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to really benefit from it. I think his total numbers, you know, he went from 20 points a game to 23 points a game. I, and, and a lot of people, you know, look at, hey, after the first year, it was about 26 points a game. And can he sustain that? And can he improve on that and get to 30 points a game? I'm not, I don't really want to buy in on that. You guys are coaches. You can tell me more. But if you have Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Joe Ingles, don't you look at the other team and think, who's a great defender? Well, bleep that guy. He gets to stand over to the sideline. He doesn't get to destroy us. Okay, who can't defend a lick? We go at that guy. It seems like Quinn Snyder has choices now, and he can really just bully and pick on other teams. Well, yeah, he does no, have choices. No I go back to something you just said about points per game. I, I'm not talking about additional points per game. I'm talking right. about quality points in the, in the most important times in the game. And I think that's going to be the difference. I don't care. I don't think it matters whether he scores 23 or 26 or 19 or whatever. It's what is he doing in the last five or six minutes of the game that's more meaningful when the moment is important. And, and I think that's where we're going to see a different Donovan Mitchell where in the past, in the playoffs, he's had to take contested shots and guys didn't have to guard other guys on the floor. And now that'll be different. So I think when the importance of when he scores – and the impact he's going to have in late-game situations is going to be much improved with this team. The, being able to, to actually, you know, just adding to what you're talking about, Coach, being able to pick matchups. Um, obviously, the Rockets really hurt the Jazz last year in the playoffs with all the switching. Um, and, you know, the only way you can really beat a switch is to be able to, to get a good matchup, exploit it, drive it, get help to have to come, kick it, and get a shot. And, the Jazz actually broke that code late in that series, but they just couldn't make the open jumpers. Um, to be able to have a, a variety of different guys handling the ball in a pick and roll, uh, having arguably one of the better rollers and finishers in the game uh, in Rudy, and then having just shooters all over the floor. I, it's exactly the the blueprint you know, that I believe all of us were sitting there watching the playoffs as they went through. Uh, that's kind of what everybody had hoped for. But the Jazz went out and, to their credit, totally executed it to this point. And now the fun begins, right? You actually have to go do it. Guys have to make the shots. Guys have to make the plays. Guys have to accept one another. Um, but it seems like the guys that they've put together uh, really lend themselves to that happening. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, I, you know, another thing, too, we haven't talked about, but Gobert, I think we'll see Gobert do things that he hasn't been able to do. And I think with more spacing for him as well, it'll make him better offensively. He'll, he'll probably take a few more risks and do some things that he hasn't been able to do where he's more of a conservative big. And, and you can imagine, you know, you, you just got to be motivated to run the floor, you know, with, it, with this group, with the spacing and pushing the ball up the floor. As good as these guys are offensively in the half court, I think they might find a new gear even in transition with that kind of spacing. And Gobert will be the one that would benefit from that. So, um, yeah, you're right. You still have to go to training camp and, and stay healthy. And, you know, you look at the health of and well-being of players, and that really had as much to do with an NBA championship as anything this year. So 
you just never know what uh, uh, all, all the, the the different factors that will lend themselves to a great year. You got to stay healthy, obviously, and you got to be in a position where you're playing your best basketball at the end of the year. But Utah has an opportunity right now. There is a door open that hasn't been open in the past, realistically, to say, hey, they got a chance to win the West. And uh, and again, I think the only real major roadblock to that would be if if Kawhi goes to the Lakers uh, and they don't just implode. I, I just can't imagine anybody being better than them, regardless of who else they get. But I, I think right now, in my gut, I know he's talking to him, but it's probably best for the league if he plays for the Clippers or Toronto. I mean, and honestly, I'm not a huge I, – I rooted for Toronto, and I'm a Golden State guy too. I've got a good friend on the staff there. But I love seeing Toronto win that thing, even though it was a depleted Golden State team. I think we all pull for the underdog a little bit. And in this scenario, with the NBA next year, if Kawhi is at, with the Raptors or he's with the Clippers, it is wide open, and everybody can get excited about their year. He's Steve Cleveland. He's our basketball insider. He joins us every week here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Steve, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Timmy, good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. We'll be in touch, Coach. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.